In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, Jeff Simfer. Welcome to this week's episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio. How are you doing? At the time of recording this, it is... Wednesday, May 24th. And so we are approaching end of the month. How's your end of the month looking? Are you at where you thought you'd be? Are you beyond that? Are you happy, satisfied, exhilarated with the closings, with how you're tracking at this point in the year? Are you a little bit frustrated? Are you a little bit behind? Are you not quite sure you're going to be able to hit your goals? So I don't know where you're at, but I'd love to hear your feedback as always about anything. You can always email me, info at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. Let's get right into it. We are picking up this week where we left off in going through uh, this book, The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Gary Keller and Jay Pathasan. And if you haven't read this book, I definitely encourage you to get it, check it out. I am taking excerpts from this book where unpacking some of the concepts in the various chapters, and I'm putting them in the context of the mortgage business for you here. And so hopefully you've been enjoying that and getting benefit from it. So if so, let me know. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so. Leave us a nice rating if you're liking the content. So let's jump into it. So we're talking about the one thing. And it's funny, in the book, page six, chapter one opens up with a movie that I hadn't thought about in years. But you remember that movie City Slickers? Right, Billy Crystal, Jack Palance, they're, they're you know these these city guys who go off to this like you know ranch, do ranch or whatever out in the country, and they just you know living the rough life and riding horses and roping cattle and doing all that kind of stuff, and they're out there on the open plains. And at the uh, at a certain point in the movie, right? Well, if you remember Billy Crystal and um, Jack Palance's character uh, Curly, who played the gritty cowboy. Of course, Billy Crystal, right, one of the city slickers. Um, they go on this search looking for stray cattle, and they get into this conversation. And then as they're riding along their horses, Curly, right, just you know, brings his horse to a stop and turns in the saddle and looks directly at Billy Crystal's character. And he says to him, do you know what the secret of life is? 
And Billy Crystal's character says, no, what? And I remember this. I remember the scene from the movie. The, the leather glove. He's got these leather gloves on. And then Jack Palance, his character Curly, holds up. He, well, he says this. And he holds up one finger. One finger. And, of course, Billy Christie goes, your finger? That's the secret to life? And his response, Curly's response is, one thing. Just one thing. You stick to that, and everything else doesn't mean shit. That's the actual line from the movie. And then Billy Crystal says, well, that's great, but what's the one thing? To which Curly replies, that's what you've got to figure out. So as I'm taking on this concept of one thing, you know, it's, it's something that I've heard about before, obviously, but now I'm really diving in and, and unpacking this. And it's really starting to take hold for me personally and focusing on the one thing. And I didn't really get how much that made a difference until recently as I'm going through this book and I'm really right, looking for those ways that I can apply this in my life. And I look back on my life when I decided to focus on just one thing, where I narrow my concentration on one thing. And this is where my best results showed up. This is where I had huge success when I just narrowed my focus to one thing. And in my case, when I became a mortgage loan officer in 2003, after working for a short period of time, uh, about a year probably, roughly, at a uh, mortgage broker who dealt exclusively in uh, internet leads, subprime mortgage broker dealing with online internet leads, you know, in the typical environment there, right? Making calls, following up on these leads, of course, right? They're selling the leads to multiple people and so forth. So you're kind of playing that game. That was the refi game. And I remember back in the day reading the publication, Mortgage Originator Magazine. You know, uh, uh, many of you probably remember that magazine, right? And so it would feature all kinds of success tips, stories, strategies, right? Um, a lot of top producers were featured in there. And I remember reading these articles about, you know, these top producing successful loan officers that are doing, you know, 20, 30, 50 million, $100 million a year in closed loan volume. And I'm just, you know, thinking to myself, wow, that's amazing, man. How the heck are they doing that? And I noticed that, that for, for them, right, there was a, a large percentage of their business was focused on purchase, working with real estate agents, and not living and dying by the refi. And so I went to my um, broker owner friend and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm reading these articles about these loan officers and they're doing like 30, 40, 50 million dollars. You see, there's even some hundred million dollar producers in here. And he turns to me and says, well, yeah, but that's not an individual loan officer. Those are companies. They're just like using all the company production to claim that that's their actual volume. I'm like, no, it isn't. These are actual individual loan producers, loan originators. Now they may have a, you know one, two, three people, whatever on their team, but it's not a company. And so that was the day for me when the light switched on in my head, and I said, "Look, if I'm going to be a considered a top mortgage originator in terms of production and volume and my income goals and the lifestyle I wanted to lead, I had to make a shift. I had to decide what was going to be my one thing. What was I going to focus on?" And I realized through reading those articles and studying other top producing loan officers that I had to be successful with real estate agents. And so for me, my one thing became real estate agents. I became obsessive about real estate agents. I went all in. I didn't care that real estate agents were hard to work with, if you will, that they can be moody and needy and, and cheesy. And there's you know, a mix of bad, good, and terrible agents. You know, that didn't matter to me because what I wanted to build was an oil well or a series of oil wells, right? I wanted to be an oil tycoon. 
And I wanted to develop a, a, a number of producing oil wells, aka real estate agents, because I knew they were, they are the go-to source for buyers in volume, right? Real estate agents that are active, that are producing regularly, consistently are dealing with buyers. And what do those buyers need? They need a qualified, competent, professional loan originator. And that was to be me. So therefore, I just had to, had to figure out what was the best way for me to get in front of these real estate agents, right? And I, if you know my story, if you've got my book, Instant Referrals on Amazon, um, I tried and did everything, everything else, you know, my fellow loan officers were doing in my office. You know, when I started at Countrywide Home Loans, my manager gave me a great gift. It was setting the box of business cards down on the table and he said, go get them. Good luck. Go get some realtors. And that was the extent of my training. Now, being somewhat resourceful myself, coming from the background that I did, I decided I was going to get after it no matter what. Didn't matter. So I figured it out. I, you know, through sheer effort, through sheer experimentation at scale, right? So I'm making the cold calls. I'm going to broker previews. I'm showing up at the real estate office with a bottle of champagne and a congratulations card on your new listing because I'm prospecting listing agents too. I mean, I did it all. Shock and all carpet bomb. And some of the things worked, some of them didn't. So it was up and down, roller coaster ride. Can any of you relate to the roller coaster ride? Right? Some things generated business, some things didn't. So I wanted to be smart, I wanted to be efficient and be leveraged. So I had to figure out what's the one thing I can do that's gonna guarantee, if you will, hedge my bets, leverage my effort so that I'm going to be able to succeed with real estate agents without having to take a, two, a year, two years, three years to get there, without having to um, sell my soul, without having to beg, borrow, steal, and you know, show up like I'm selling pencils on the sidewalk and just give me a loan. Would you please try me out? That's not the game I wanted to play, right? wanted to be smarter. wanted to figure out what's the one thing I can do to get agents to want to work with me. And as we get into today's lesson, you may recall, for me, the one thing became teaching agent classes. I don't want to run a big self-promotional commercial here or anything like that, but if you want to learn more about how to teach agent classes to, to achieve what I just described to you, if you want to make agents your one thing, your key oil well source of business that once tapped continues to produce referrals ongoing on a regular basis for you, if you want to learn how to identify, target, sift, and sort and convert those agents to referral partners and do it at scale, let me check out getpowerfulpresentations.com. That's all I can do. Okay? There's my commercial. All right. And for you, agents may not be your one thing, and that's fine, right? Maybe it's something else. Let's dive back into the book here. Okay, just closing out on that thought, right? The realization for me, once again, it became you know, have, achieving extraordinary results was determined by how narrow I could make my, my focus. So I went all in. Now, for those of you that may start, be starting out with agents, I want to share with you a concept from the book called The Domino Effect. There's a quick story. So dominoes, right? We all know what happens with dominoes, right? You set up dominoes and one leads, you know, you, 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 you knock the first one over and what happens? The rest of them all fall over, right? So that's what we call the domino effect. It's got to start with one though, right? And so the, I want you to keep in mind that if, if the real estate agents is for you, if that's your one thing or whatever your one thing is, right? That, and remember the concept of the one thing, right? It's the one thing that if you do it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. So how do I fill my pipeline with qualified buyer referrals? If I do the one thing, if I get in front of agents, 
at scale, if I convert, and if I do a good job in presenting, and if I am able to move them along the relationship funnel to referral partners, everything else for me became easier because I had a steady stream of buyer referrals. I didn't need to worry about where my next deal was coming from. Okay. So, but it all started with one agent. And for me, and with teaching agent classes, it's all started with the first class. Did I have a huge showing in my first class? No. Right. Did I do great? No. Was I nervous as hell? Yeah. Did I, did, was I not the greatest speaker? Well, you know what? Because of my background, I had perhaps a slight leg up, you know, having worked and presented um, for on behalf of Tony Robbins across the country. Yeah. Definitely gave me some skills. Right. But now I was presenting something different. I wasn't presenting, you know, all the concepts and, you know, hey, come see Tony Robbins in the seminar and spend 30 minutes selling agents and other people on why you should come see Tony Robbins. Now it was convincing them on why they should use me as a loan officer. But it started with one agent, right? So if you're asking yourself, where do you start, right? Start with one and whack away at it until it falls. So I've worked with many loan officers who've done classes and their first class, they have six agents. They have 10 agents. Some people even have one. My friend Tim Davis, right? His first class that he did had, I think, two people, himself and one other person, still gave the class. But again, all it takes is that first domino, right? Because you know what happens when that first domino gets knocked over? Yeah. The next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. And it grows. It builds. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The domino effect. Case in point, again, back to the book. In the Netherlands, on Domino Day, November 13th, 2009, Weiger's Domino Productions coordinated the world record domino fall by lining up more than 4,491,863 dominoes. In this instance, a single domino set in motion a domino fall that cumulatively unleashed more than 95,000 jowls of energy, which is as much energy as it takes for an average size male to do 545 push-ups. So when you think about this, if you, if you break down your activities and the things you need to do in your business, and especially if they're under the umbrella of the one thing, right? And there's, there, there's, you know, could be several different things you need to do under the one thing, but you know, the domino represents a small amount of potential energy. So the more you line up, the more potential energy you accumulate, line up enough. And with a simple flick of your finger, you start a chain reaction of surprising power. When one thing, when the right thing, is set in motion. It can topple many things. And that's not all. In 1983, Lorne Whitehead wrote in the American Journal of Physics that he discovered that domino falls could not only topple many things, they could also topple bigger things. He described how a single domino is capable of bringing down another domino that is actually 50% larger. So how do you achieve big goals? Start small. Start with just one domino. Start with one action today, one activity, one thing you can do that creates that chain reaction, that creates that momentum, that builds up that energy over time. The key is over time. Success is built sequentially. It's one thing at a time. Or as Jim Rohn used to say, success is a few simple disciplines practiced every single day. So the one domino, what's your one thing? What's your one domino? The one thing you need to focus on so that everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. And what's that first domino you can flick over? Is it hosting an agent class? Is it making those agent calls? Is it finally hiring that assistant? I don't know. I mean, you, you figure out your one thing. But just know this. Success leaves clear. Og Mandino, well-known author, quote from Og. It is those who concentrate 
on but one thing at a time who advance in this world. So back to the book, The One Thing, Chapter 3, Success Leaves Clues. Extraordinarily successful companies always have one product or one service they're most known for that makes them the most money. Colonel Sanders started KFC with one single chicken recipe. Adolph Coors Company grew 1,500% from 1947 to 1967 with one product made in a single brewery. Microprocessors generate the vast majority of Intel's net revenue. And Starbucks? Yeah, I think we know. The list of businesses that have achieved extraordinary results through the power of the one thing is endless. Sometimes what is made or delivered is also what is sold, sometimes not. Case in point, Google. What's Google's one thing? What is Google's one thing that, is, that has turned them into the behemoth that they are? Basically, the internet, right? What's Google's one thing? What do they start with? And what are they still, what's their one thing today? Yeah, search search engine. But because they focused on that one thing that makes everything else easier, what does it make it easier for them to do? Sell advertising. It's their key source of revenue. Billions of dollars. And what about Star Wars? Big Star Wars fan. Got some Star Wars fans in my house. Star Wars is the one thing movies or merchandise? If you guess merchandise, that's a little of both. Revenue from toys with Star Wars Check this out. Revenue from toys totaled over $10 billion. Now, this is what's interesting. Combined worldwide box office revenue for the six main Star Wars films totaled less than half of that, $4.3 billion. Think about that. So from where I sit, movies are the one thing because they make the toys and products possible. What's the one thing that when I do it, makes everything else easier. Create an incredible movie franchise. Build a massive audience so that I can then have a distribution channel of built-in customers for toys. Teaching agent classes. Build an audience. Build a network. Build a platform of agents in my local area who know me, like me, and trust me so that I can build a distribution channel of mortgage loans and be the source, the place for those agents to refer clients to me. See, when you think about it in the concept of teaching agent classes, it's much like I talk to when I, when I coach and, and teach real estate agents classes, right? And I got this from Gary Vaynerchuk. So Gary Vaynerchuk tells agents, you're not a real estate agent. You're a media company. You're producing content. Your back end is real estate. And I would propose to you as a loan officer, you're not a mortgage loan originator. You too. Much like a real estate agent, to the advice of Gary Vaynerchuk, you today need to start thinking of yourself as a media content company, producing content in various forms of media across various channels, in person, online, offline, so that you can build that distribution network to ultimately sell your end product, which is mortgage loans. The question is, how are you building that platform? How are you creating your distribution channel? The choice is up to you, okay? And it can grow over time. For instance, if you want to start with teaching agent classes, much like I have done, and once that's built and established and profitable, can you add additional elements that drive your one thing, additional channels? Sure, you can do agent classes, get that up and running, focus on that. Because we know that works. 
Belly to belly always works. We know face to face in person works. When that's successful, should you choose, you can expand. You can get into Facebook ads. You can get into right creating a YouTube channel. You can get into all these other channels and mediums. But ultimately, what's the goal? The goal is to create your audience, your network of loyal listeners, followers of people who know you, like you, and trust you, so that you can build a distribution channel with your back end being loans. Same goes for the consumer side, right? Your past database, you know, any consumers you interact with, you got to think about, put your hat on as well, that your media, your content company, your back end is mortgages. Does this make sense? Okay. There can only be one most important things. Many things may be important, but only one can be the most important. So what's most important in your business right now? Is it getting more realtors on your bus? On the realtor referral bus? You know, you got to keep in mind that if you're not constantly adding realtor referral partners to your bus, sooner or later your bus is going to be empty or pretty, you know, or pretty empty, right? It's not going to be full with the amount of passengers, the referral partners on that bus that you need or want to achieve your goals. Why? Because like any bus, you're going to make stops along the way. People are going to get off. and Hopefully people are going to get on if you've done your job in enticing people to get on and, and ride your bus. And you'll have different levels of, of, of riders, right? Of participants. You'll have your A players, right? The active agents or, who are sending you deals and referrals every single month like clockwork. Then you have your B players who, you know, every once in a while they flip you a bone and they're probably sending business elsewhere too. Maybe they're not that active of an agent. And then there's those C player agents where you don't talk to them for a year and all of a sudden, boop, out of the blue. Hey, man, what's up? Got a loan for you. And maybe they're doing a few deals a year. I don't know. But the point is, unless that bus is constantly in motion, unless you keep opening and closing that door and inviting, come on board the party bus, the referral bus, that's where most fall short and, and, and why the bus sometimes isn't fun and why we're maybe not achieving our income goals, why we're not building our pipeline big enough. So I'd encourage you to, if, if agents are your one thing, get more agents on your bus. Keep it cruising around the neighborhood. Get more people to know, like, and trust your bus, right? Become that friendly bus driver. Everybody knows, here, here comes the loan bus. Yeah, this guy, this gal, she's great, right? She's professional. She follows up. She's courteous. She actually adds value to us, and she is showing up refreshingly unique and different than any other loan officer in town because she's driving the referral party bus. She's not just hammering a place to get loans. And let me tell you all about my company and how we close fast, close on time. You guys get it? content? How are you engaging with your market? Maybe that's your one thing. Getting active with your content through what your company provides or some other source of content to create conversations, engagement, right? So back to the one thing. Again, look behind the story of any extraordinary success and the one thing is always there. It shows up in life. Successful business, professional life, shows up around personal passions and skills. Each of us has passions and skills. But what you'll see when you look at extraordinarily successful people, originators, is one intense emotion or one learned ability that shines through defining them or driving them more than anything else. And often the line between passion and skill can be blurred. Here's an example of that. Side note real quickly for me, the line between passion and skill can be blurred. The great news about that is if you have an interest already in something, right, you can build the skill around it, right? So if you, if you want to do video, if you want to do podcasting, if you want to do aging classes, 
right? You have a natural inclination or interest for that already. And you may have been holding yourself back because you say to yourself, well, you know, I'm just, I haven't really done it. I'm not a quote expert. Oh, I hate that word. Who says you need to be an expert in anything to do it? You know, I love the old saying, I've been using it a lot lately, that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly in the beginning. You think about driving a car. When you first drove a car, were you good at it? No. <laughs> Too many moving parts and your eyes and brain are going crazy. They're working overtime. You're sweating bullets like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, right, you drive a car without even thinking about it. You know, you're texting, you're on your phone, the radio, talking to the kids, right? You're eating a hamburger. It's just a party. So those things that you are attracted to, to want to do in your business, look at where you can build the skill sets around that. You know, for me, I already had kind of a basis of, of a decent skill set brewing in being able to speak. So for me, there was naturally a skill with speaking, but there was also a passion around sharing content and information that helped real estate agents that changed their lives that impacted their business in a positive way. So for me, that became, as I said, my one thing. And nowadays I can help those officers who want to follow a similar path. Once again, blatant promotion, getpowerfulpresentations.com. So is any of this making sense? Is this resonating with you? Okay. I hope, hope you're starting to see how the one thing right shows up time and time again in people's lives, right? Whether you think of, of uh, Steve Jobs or um, Elon Musk or uh, Bill Gates, right? Bill Gates, his one compassion, his one passion was high school uh, was computers, which led him to develop one skill, computer programming. And while in high school, he met one person, Paul Allen, who gave him his first job, became his partner in forming Microsoft. How did that happen? It happened because one letter the two of them sent to one person, Ed Roberts, who changed their lives forever by giving them a shot at writing the code for one computer, the Altair 8800. They only needed one shot, like Eminem's song. One shot, did you moan like you do, like you never let it go. <laughs> Microsoft began its life to do one thing, develop and sell basic interpreters for the Altair 8800 computer, which eventually made Bill Gates the richest man in the world for 15 straight years. When he retired from Microsoft, Bill Gates chose one person to replace him as CEO, Steve Ballmer, who he met in college. Now, of course, Bill and Melinda Gates decided to put their wealth to work in making a difference in the world, guided by the belief that every life has equal value. They formed one foundation to do one thing tackle really tough problems like health and education. Bill and Gates uh, Foundation has one goal is to harness and advance science and technology to save lives in poor countries. To do this, they eventually settled on one thing, stamp out infectious disease as a major cause of death in their lifetime. So at some point in their journey, right, the Gates Foundation makes a decision to focus on one thing that would do this, that would stamp out infectious disease as a major cause of death. And what is that? What's the one thing that can do that? Vaccines. This is how Bill Gates explained his decision. We had to choose what the most impactful thing to give would be. The magic tool of health intervention is vaccines because they can be made inexpensively. A singular line of further questioning led them down to this one path when Melinda asked, what's the place you can have the biggest impact with the money? Right? That's what came out of that question. What's the place you can have the biggest impact? And for them, it was vaccines. 
And so you may have heard in the news and seen stories about uh, malaria, right? Or, or sorry, no, there's, there's these little quizzes on social media. What's the most dangerous? What's the most, uh, is, it, is it dangerous? Which animal kills the most human beings in the world? Right. And people, it's this, you know, quiz. Oh, is it sharks? Is it crocodiles? Is it poisonous snakes and spot? No, it's mosquitoes. Tiny little mosquito kills more people every year than any other, you know, creature. It's an insect. So Bill and Melinda Gates, of course, are doing great things with them, focusing on one thing, vaccines. Right. So remember, live the one thing. The one thing sits at the heart of success and it's the starting point for you achieving extraordinary results. What is your one thing? And to truly engage and adopt the one thing mindset, right? I encourage you to go back to the previous podcast and listen to the six lies between you and success. And those lies were such as, hey, everything matters equally. I can multitask and it really takes discipline to succeed. Willpower. I've got an endless supply of willpower and, you know, oh, I need to lead a balanced life. And, you know, big is bad, right? So... Those are the six lies that were on the last podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out because we're moving forward and kind of progressing through the various chapters of uh, this book, The One Thing. And once again, if you haven't got the book, I suggest you go check it out. Hopefully you're liking some of these experts. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. But if this is resonating with you, if it's making sense, if it's helping you kind of hone your focus, where you're going to put your attention, your energy, and realize that you can not everything matters equally. You can let things go by the wayside. Things are important, but not everything is urgent, right? So what's the one thing for you and your business? Think about this, right? Spend some time gelling on it. Really just sit quietly and think about what is the one area of your business that if you, if you did it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. Now, for many of you, this may be in the context of generating more loans, and that's fine. That makes sense. That might be the ultimate outcome. But remember how Star Wars, right, their one thing became movies through which they could sell $10 billion worth of toys. Your one thing may not be, I just got to close loans. It's how do you get there? How do you create something that's going to get you to that end result? So those are the, the tools and activities and various things we can be doing in terms of sales and marketing, right? Generating one loan a day. And that's broken down into various tasks, right? Oftentimes in a given day. If our one thing is to generate one loan a day, what do we have to do to do that? Do I, got, do I have to make right daily calls to my past database? Do I have to make those calls to agents? Do I have to get in front of more people more often? Do I have to create a platform? Do I need to become... A, my own media company, your own brand, so that you build a distribution platform and network of people with your back end being loans. What's your thought on this? What do you think? Love to know your feedback. Leave a comment if you're listening on the blog. Leave a rating if you're on iTunes or Stitcher. Or send me an email, info at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. Lastly, if your one thing is real estate agents, and you want to build that distribution network of agents that send you business every single month like clockwork, last chance at the blatant commercial here, check out getpowerfulpresentations.com if you're looking for the fast track to getting more agents to know you, like you, trust you, and send you more referrals. That might be the ticket for you, getpowerfulpresentations.com. And that's it. So uh, we'll see you on the next one. We've got some special guests coming up. Very excited about that and some new announcements rolling out about a video. A TV show 
Mortgage Marketing TV. Yes, things we're doing with Facebook and otherwise. So excited to have that. Stay tuned for that. But once again, I always appreciate you, loyal listeners. I got a heart for you. Let me know that we're making a difference. As always, you go out there and make it a great day. Thanks for listening. And this is your host, Jeff Zimfer, Mortgage Marketing Radio. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.